0: You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. This is a good word for the staff at Wears Valley Ranch. As we serve children from very difficult situations, we trust in the Lord to supply our needs, especially the essentials. That's where our ranch hands step in. Ranch hands are our monthly donors, and we would be sunk without them. We thank God for those who are helping with the necessities with monthly gifts. Regardless of the amount, you can become a ranch hand at wvr.org. Look for the donate button to learn more about how you can help. If you would please open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, you'll remember this comes in the context of uh, Peter telling people who find themselves in a subordinate role, that is to say, in a position of having others who are over them in terms of authority, how they need to respond to that authority. And um, you remember back in chapter 2, he says, Submit to every human authority because of the Lord. And that's what he's continuing here in chapter 3. This is God's word. In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live, when they observe your pure, reverent lives. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry, but rather what is inside the heart. The imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good, and do not fear any intimidation. Husbands. In the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Finally, all of you, be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing, since you were called for this, so that you may inherit a blessing. For the one who wants to love life and to see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit, and let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Let him seek peace and pursue it because the eyes of the lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer but the face of the lord is against those who do what is evil who then will harm you if you are devoted to doing what is good if you are devoted to what is good but even if you should suffer for righteousness you are blessed do not fear what they fear or be intimidated but in your hearts Regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that when you are accused, those who disparage your good conduct in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, in which he also went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in the past were disobedient when God patiently waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared. In it, a few, that is, eight people, were saved through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers subjected to him. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. In the same way, wives submit to your own husbands so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live. Are wives really supposed to have to submit to their husbands? I mean, really? What what if the husband isn't a believer? Well, that's exactly what's being spoken of here. So whatever my husband tells me, I need to do. No. Well, it says submit to your own husband. Yes. But what have we said about authority, even when we were looking at the previous chapter? No one has the authority to command what God forbids or to forbid what God commands. You don't sin against God in order to obey those who are in authority. And all through the scriptures, whether it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or the before that, the midwives down in Egypt who were told by Pharaoh to kill the male children who were born, or whether it's Daniel who was told that he mustn't pray to anybody except the king for 30 days, or whether it was the apostles in the book of Acts who were told that they mustn't preach in Jesus' name. Over and over and over and over the testimony is you obey God rather than man. But if what you're being told by those who are in authority is something that doesn't require you to sin against God, it's just something you'd rather not do do it I am a relatively old guy and I have worked hard my entire life and the reason for that is because I wake up in the morning thinking man it's another day let's get out there and do hard work today no that's not really the way I wake up in the morning but I do as a matter of discipline When I wake up in the morning, thank God for another opportunity to serve Him. Because if I was getting what I deserve, I wouldn't be waking up with an opportunity to serve God. I would be waking up in hell. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't have gone to sleep. If I was getting what I deserve, and if you were getting what you deserve, all of us would be destroyed. We deserve God's wrath, and God in His mercy instead has given those who are in Christ Jesus eternal life abundant life, a purposeful life, but that purposeful life is often going to be filled with hardship and difficulty and even persecution. And so if somebody who's in authority over you tells you that you need to do something that you'd rather not do, do it. Do it. Oh. So when do I outgrow that? I mean, you know, is it like when I turn 21 then I can do whatever I want? Oh, yeah, just wait. Well, so, but, but, if, but if I have my own business, then I can do whatever I want. Well, yeah, if you don't want to have any customers. What was the original temptation? Adam and Eve were told, you're not to eat the fruit of that one tree. All the other trees you can eat from, but not that one. Satan says, "Ah, oh, if you eat that one, you're going to be like God. You can be your own boss. You can do your own thing. You don't have to submit to God. You don't have to do what he says. God's not being honest with you. I'll tell you the truth, since I'm the father of lies. I'll tell you the truth, and that is, you can be your own boss. Nope. Doesn't work that way. What happens to people who say no to God and do what the devil says? Are they their own boss? No. No. taking orders from a snake. You're not going to be your own boss. As Bob Dylan said years ago, you got to serve somebody. So I would rather serve the holy creator of the universe who loves me so much that when I made a mess of my life, he came and took the punishment that I deserve and now says, I've got a plan for you and if you will submit yourself to me, offer your body as a living sacrifice, you will discover that my plan for your life, Romans 12, my plan for your life, my will, is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, if you think that you can come up with a plan that's better than perfect, you don't know what those words mean. So, In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that even if some disobey the word, that is God's word, they may be won over without a word, that is a word from you, by the way their wives live when they observe your pure, reverent lives. In other words, your behavior will speak Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in God's sight. Now there's a comparable passage elsewhere, I believe it's Paul's letter to Timothy, in which he's talking about how women's beauty should not come from outward adornment. And there are some people who have misconstrued that to say that it is wrong for women to wear gold jewelry or pearls, which is in the Timothy passage, or have any kind of hairstyle. The problem with that is if you do that, you are overlooking the fact that it says it's not supposed to come from your clothing. So in addition to having to go without jewelry and not do your hair up, you're going to have to go around naked, and, and we're going to ban you from campus. Okay? Clearly, that's not what's being said. Well, this is expensive clothing. It does in one of the passages, but not in the other. In the other passages, it just says, your beauty shouldn't come from clothing. So what's the point? The point is, that's not where your beauty comes from. Okay? If you will live a godly life, ladies... Your life will be more beautiful than the most expensive jewelry you could possibly wear. Your beauty should come from the character of Christ being manifested in your life. That's what this is saying. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You've become her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Well now, what is he saying when he says, submit rather than fear? Do you know one of the reasons a lot of people are afraid to submit? is because they're afraid of where it might lead. And we need to walk in faith, whatever our position, we need to walk in faith and know that if we're doing what the Lord tells us to do, we have nothing to fear, not because we will not suffer, but because we don't have to fear suffering. Years ago, I asked um, the man known as Brother Andrew, who was a smuggler of Bibles into countries where they were illegal. I asked him, aren't you afraid that you might get arrested? He said, oh, I've been arrested many times. I said, aren't you afraid of what they might do to you? And he said, no. He said, what can they do to me? He said, if they kill me, I go to heaven. And if they don't, I can continue to share the love of God. I thought about it, and I realized he's right. But even though I know that, that's not the way I feel. And this is saying, don't let your feelings control your behavior. Do what is right and don't let fear be in control. Husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way. It is a cop out to say, "Oh, I just can't understand my wife." Okay? I just I I just don't get it. I mean, you know, women are just impossible to understand. Not impossible. Difficult. Okay? And by the way, Most women find men a little hard to understand. And the reason for that is because we are different by design. God made us different, and we're supposed to complement each other. You know, I've I've got a a charger for my phone, and and that charger is designed with uh, two different kinds of of, uh, plugs on either end, okay? One goes in the wall, the other goes in my phone. Okay? If I try and reverse that, I'm not going to be able to charge my phone. Okay? There's a design that makes these things different on purpose so that things turn out the way they're supposed to be. And there are a lot of people in our culture right now who think that there is no design. We're just here as a result of random chance and time. It's just evolution, and basically people ought to be able to do whatever they want to do because, you know, whatever you want to do, that's what you ought to do. Well, that's a lie. We need to understand that God's design is good, and men and women were made for each other. So, husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. That means you need to work on understanding them. And you need to be considerate of them. I've used this illustration a number of times, but I'm going to use it again. Because it comes to mind over and over again. Because I see grown-ups acting like I did as a preschooler. What are you talking about? I'm talking about when the Sunday school at my father's church took the little preschoolers to the park. And I was introduced to something I had never seen or experienced before. And that was a seesaw also known as a teeter-totter. Okay, I did not say I want to play on that. They simply picked me up and put me on it and they put a little girl on the other end. And then they got us started going up and down. Well that was fun for about five times. And then I wanted to go do something else. Well I obviously wasn't going to get off when I was way up in the air. So I waited until I was down on the bottom. And I got off and. Went off to do something else. Well, unfortunately, if you get off of the teeter-totter when you are down on the bottom, the person on the other end has nothing to continue to hold them up in the air. And so when I got off, she came down, and it was very upsetting to her. I think she may have mashed her legs a little bit. I don't think she was permanently injured, folks. I'm just telling you. She got hurt a little bit and she got scared a lot and she started screaming loudly and the adults didn't just come to her rescue, they turned on me as if I was a serial killer. Jimmy, how dare you? How could you do that? Don't you realize you hurt her? And I'm thinking, what what happened? Okay, I didn't know. Nobody explained that to me. I wasn't thinking about The impact of my behavior on the other person. I was just thinking about what I wanted. I wanted to get off the teeter-totter and go do something else. I didn't ask to get on the teeter-totter. So, let's go. Okay? Now, my behavior makes perfect sense in light of the fact that I was a preschooler. But I know grown-ups who still live that way. They make their decisions based on what they want in the moment without regard for the impact it has on other people. Have, have, don't ask, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but have you ever encountered anybody like that? Have you ever known any adults who just seem to think it's all about them and that whatever they want, that, that takes precedence over what it's going to do to other people? That's why so many families are torn apart. That's why so many people get hurt. This says, husbands, don't do that. Live with your wives in an understanding way. Be considerate of them as with a weaker partner. Is that saying that women are not as good as men? I just want to get this clear. No, no, it's not saying that. What it's saying is, oh, I'll give you one application just real quick. It's saying that transgendered people are going to really mess up women's sports. Just for example, This is creating a crisis right now in the feminist community because they have campaigned for a long time to say that gender doesn't matter. And now they've got these guys who are wanting to play women's sports in public school and colleges and so forth. And and you know what's happening. For some reason, the guys win. Women, as a group, are physically not as strong as men are as a group. I've definitely known some women who could beat the crud out of some men. Okay, It's not that all men are strong and all women are weak. But generally speaking, men are given, by design, greater physical strength than most women. And so he says, God says in his word, that men are supposed to be in a position of using their strength to benefit their partner rather than to abuse their partner. Don't use your strength on the weaker sex in order to just advance your selfish agenda. Instead, live with her in an understanding way and recognize not just that she's the weaker partner, but showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life. Do you know what a co-heir is? That's somebody who gets what you get when the will's divided. Okay? A co-heir means we share in this. And you're to honor your wife, gentlemen. You're to honor your wife as a co-heir of the grace of life so that God will not turn a deaf ear to your prayers. That's my paraphrase of what it says right here. So that your prayers will not be hindered. In other words, if you think, men, that you can mistreat a woman and God's going to listen to you when you're asking him for something, you have completely misunderstood the scenario. If you want God to listen to you, you better listen to your wife. You better treat her with honor and recognize that she shares with you the inheritance that is ours in Christ Jesus. So, what God calls us to in the way that we treat one another is to do it for his name's sake. Are you doing what you're doing in order to please him? Or are you doing what you're doing because you think you're tired of the seesaw? I want to go do my own thing now. I want to do something else. I want to go explore. How much does it mean to you what Jesus did for us? There will never be any suffering in this life that he calls you to endure for him that can compare to what he endured for us. So, whatever it is, submit out of reverence for Christ. And don't be afraid of the suffering. Because the suffering we endure in this life is short. And the reward that we will have in eternity is forever. And it's beyond our comprehension. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ.